Hello everyone and welcome to the new week. It's Monday the 9th of November and this is episode 94 of the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. Before we go over to the main feature interview for this week, let's take a look at some news stories. In the news last week, we learned that DEFRA has launched a consultation regarding the future of using solid urea fertiliser in England. The government has committed to reducing ammonia emissions by 16% on 2005 levels by 2030, but at the current rate they will miss that target, so greater work has to be done and the cuts have to come from somewhere. Agriculture currently contributes 87% of all ammonia emissions and clearly something needs to be done, but there has been dismay from some farmers regarding the potential ban given the relative affordability of solid urea when compared with ammonium nitrate. The consultation is open for 12 weeks, closing on the 26th of January. The US election has been in the news, of course, and whilst the final result still isn't known at the time of recording this podcast, although it's looking increasingly likely that Biden will edge to victory, it's pretty clear that American small city and rural voters tended to back Trump in the election, around 54% of them, whereas urban and suburban voters mostly opted for Joe Biden. And finally, farmers are being urged to be on the lookout for potential fly tipping over the next few weeks as the second lockdown begins to bite. DEFRA guidance is that household-based recycling centres should remain open where possible, but it is expected that many might shut their doors. Farming organisations are reminding farmers to keep gates locked and to remain vigilant. And that is the news for now. It's now time for our main feature interview, and last week I spoke to South Wales farmer Kate Bevan. It's This evening I've got a cider in my hand, or will become clear later, um, and I'm speaking to farmer, cider maker, lecturer, NFU County Chair, STEM Ambassador and Mental Health First Aider, Kate Bevan, who farms with her husband Jim near Abergavenny in Monmouthshire. She also runs Kate's Country School on the farm. Um, originally from Lancashire, Kate moved to Wales around about 30 years ago to work as a veterinary nurse, and she met Jim at Abergavenny YFC, and the rest is history, as they say. The farm includes a beef and sheep enterprise, as well as growing feed for the livestock on farm. Farm to Fork is also an important aspect for the Bevans, and another branch of the family, Kate's brother-in-law, runs a butcher's in Abergavenny. Kate, this is a real, real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you do you have a are you are you joining me with drinking tonight or am I drinking alone? Do you know, I was just thinking that. Um, <laughs> I need to pour some in the glass, don't I? Um I think I think that you should. <laughs> yeah. Hang on a minute, bear with me. Bear with you. It's not a million miles away. <laughs> Yucky da, I'm there. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> mm. Um well, I mean, there's so much that I want to talk to you um, about, but um, it is a really difficult time um, and I'm, I'm trying to bring some optimism <laughs> to the show. Uh, so I want to ask you first, what's the best thing to happen to you this year? What have been some highlights? Um, right. You're right. There's been a lot of um, lowlights this year. So it's good 
to be optimistic. I'm an eternal optimist. I think, I think for us, um, probably, because one of the things that happened, right, is we run courses on the farm and um, we haven't been able to do that this year due to COVID restrictions because we have everybody in the house and it's yeah. very practical, it's very hands-on. Um, so we had to cancel them all and financially we weren't eligible for anything. So I thought, right, you know what? We're going to stop drinking all the cider and <laughs> we're going to start selling it. Great. So my lockdown project was um, to get a premises license because to sell cider from the farm and all we want to do is put a little sign up the top of the drive saying yeah. come and cider you need a full pub premises license so right, i just okay. so many hoops but we are now fully licensed from hey. morning to congratulations morning. thank you very much <laughs> so that i would say is um is a highlight and also because the cider house is um is 1696 so it's very very old yeah stainless steel in in sight and i was worried when uh, environmental health um, we call them out to have a look if if they wouldn't approve. But we've got, yeah, five-star rating to sell it because oh, cider kills everything. Own, yeah. All known germs, it, um, it's killed in the process. It's quite a good, keen process and part of your five a day. Um, well, let's, let's start by going back to your early life. Um, so you're originally from Lancashire and your dad, I mean, your dad was a real countryman, a real farming advocate, um, real champion. He, he was a writer as well, Jack Benson. Right. So, um, so yeah, my dad, um, yeah, countryside legend through and through. We had, thinking back, we had a bit of an unusual upbringing, but at the time I think it was, it was normal. Um, so I think animal wise and, and wildlife wise, it's, it's always been in the blood. I had a little wildlife garden um, a wildlife hospital in the garden since I was about, I think I was 10 years old. Yeah. And I went out bird watching with my dad and followed him around. And he was, um, he was very much um, into the country and into the people in, in the countryside as well. So I did, I did my A-levels and I wanted to be a vet. And um, I was a bit of a rebellious teenager. So I, I got thrown out of A-level physics, which I can't go into any details now, it involved alcohol. So then <laughs> I decided, right, okay, um, I'm going to go work at Pontins in Blackpool, which I did for a few months. And it was my dad that found this role um, as a veterinary nurse. I wasn't quite sure what a veterinary nurse was. So okay. cut a long story short, which I'll try to because I, I talk a lot. Um, I, I became a veterinary nurse and was in a small animal practice in um, Blackpool. And then um, got itchy feet and decided to have a look for another job. And I wanted to work with larger animals. Yep. So there were two jobs came up. One was in Abergavenny and one was in, um, in Windermere. And I used to do a lot of work. Oh, wow. Right, okay. So I loved Windermere. But I tossed the coin and I went for the one in, uh, in Abergavenny. And, and that's, yeah. That's wow, I, your life could have been completely different. <laughs> yeah, on the toss of a coin. <laughs> Who would have thunked it? <laughs> yeah. So, so when, did you first, when did you move to Wales um, and uh, what was life like then? it was a mixed practice in, in Abergavenny. The plan was I wasn't going to stay there. You know, I'm still here now, sort of 30 years on. Um, <laughs> so within, I think it's within weeks of moving to Abergavenny. Cause the thing is right. So as a rebellious teenager and you've got a bed sit in the middle of Blackpool and um, my mum and dad had a band. We were into live music and in Blackpool, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, and the stuff going on and you know, you go to, you go to gigs and then, and then I moved to Abergavenny. <laughs> <laughs> three o'clock in the morning and it's just 
not a lot going on. But there was a local <laughs> pub that did um, live music and they, they took me in the wing. So, so that was okay. And then, um, because I play the piano, I thought, oh, you know, I, I, I'd like to buy a piano. And um, I saw one advertised and a lovely farmer, Morris Trumper, is a legend in our area. Yeah. He said, right, okay, my lads, um, he came into the vets, he said, my lads will transport that, um, that piano for you, but on condition you join the Young Farmers. Amazing, right. And so I got into the uh, Young Farmers and uh, yeah, I mean, for anybody who's, who's in YFC, they'll know that the social side is, is amazing and it's yeah. the biggest rural dating agency in the world. So yeah, yeah I met Jim through Young Farmers. Um, let's pause there. Let's talk about the farm. Um, itself uh, so you're farming about 500 acres across two different farms in a family partnership uh, you've got 1500 ewes um, there's a beef enterprise um, tell us about those main enterprises so we're um, yeah we're predominantly um, beef and sheep we've decided this year we're not we're not going to lamb in January for the past few years we've been lambing okay. January, February March April so yep. uh, we're not going to this year what we've what we've started to do, we've take got, the pressure off. <laughs> yes, yeah, and we're, we're you know we're getting to that age. We don't want to be up lambing all the time. So we've got a commercial flock that we still bring in um, at lambing time, sort of February. But we've got a native breed, the um, speckled, the oh, okay. uh, yep. epics, and uh, we've fallen in love with them. So we bought we bought the first batch uh, a few years ago, just as broken mouth ewes and. We thought we'd land them once and move them on. And um, we just seem to be getting and, more of the yeah. native breeds. And they're fab. We, in fact, we had um, 200 delivered this week. Oh, wow. <laughs> We've been shopping and there's, uh, there's a lot out in the fields there. I think, <laughs> um, I think what, from a farming point of view, I mean, we've, we've always been beef and sheep. But I think now we're particularly looking at more um, evidence-based farming whether it's uh, fecal egg counts before, before worming or, you know, as, as farmers, I think we've, we've gone a long way in that we're, um, we're not using antibiotics unless we need them. Um, soil testing, water, water sampling, sort of nutrient management, all that. Um, so it is mainly beef and sheep, but like the majority of farmers, it's also the environment and, and the wildlife as well. Yeah. I think family farming, particularly mixed family farms and the environment just go hand in hand, really. Um, and the cider and, making, of course. Yeah, of course, which we'll definitely get on to. Um, of course, yeah, so you run on your farm normally, <laughs> the farm school, which we'll talk about in a bit. But three days a week, uh, you teach animal welfare and conservation at your local college. And I can't believe I'm asking, I've been asking you to do this after a massively long day there today. How, how long have you been, how long have you been going at that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, um, for anybody who's listening and think, oh, she's waffling on a lot. I'm actually <laughs> teaching solid um, online because Wales currently are... Uh, yeah, of course. We, uh, we're in lockdown. We're back in the classroom next week. So um, from nine o'clock this morning till 6.15pm, um, without a break, I do <laughs> online teaching. And they're lovely students. They're um, foundation degree. Yeah, they just say, be careful. They might be listening. <laughs> yes, yes, they are lovely students. But by God, when you've been teaching all day, you are completely brain dead. So, um, so I may halfway through answering a question completely forget what you've uh, what you've asked me, and that's not the cider. That's because I've been teaching all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great, yeah. So, so I teach. It's um, 
the degrees through the University of South Wales, but we um, we're based at um, the US campus of Colleague Gwent. So I sort of teach at Colleague Gwent, um, but we offer degree courses there. How did how did you get into the teaching? That's a very good question. If you'd have asked me if I was going to be a teacher, I would have said no way. So, <laughs> so I, I moved to Abergavenny to the mixed practice there. Met Jim, realised I was going to have to stay in the area. Um, actually, I got offered a job in in North America, vet nursing there. Really? Wow. Um, unfortunately, had um, a motorbike accident. I'm a bit of a motorbike freak, okay. um, and they wouldn't let me in for some sort of medical insurance. So I ended right. up. Strangely, at Chester Zoo, I was a vet nurse up at Chester Zoo, and then okay. it was while I was up at Chester Zoo, and Jim was still down here. Um, we were looking for local jobs, and um, I uh, I became the assistant farm manager at uh, Green Meadow Community Farm in Cumbrian. We were just opening it at the time; it was a new project, okay. and it was a uh, 180 acres open to the public. On good days, we'd have 1,500 visitors a day, but wow. lots of small kids coming in. I was in my wellies all day talking to people. Brilliant job, but yeah. we had a lot of students coming from the college on placement, and somebody came over and, uh, and said, oh, we're starting this new uh, animal <laughs> management course. We're looking for a lecture. <laughs> I went, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, it was my dad, actually, the legend that is my dad, right. um, who was also teaching at the time at a teaching creative writing at a prison and he said you know there's really good holidays when you <laughs> um, and of course uh, me and Jim were just sort of we just got married as well it was all a bit thinking about children so uh, anyway went for it got the job and I'm, I'm still there yeah I mean, I mean, it, what's already coming across, and we haven't nearly gone into any of the details of some of the other things you do, but you are a real doer and, and you've done a lot and, and, and you do a lot. What is it that really drives you? Cider. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not all the time. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been anybody for, uh, I don't like um, not doing anything. I'm a bit of a busy bee. And, uh, and to be perfectly honest, if I wasn't kept busy, I'd probably get into serious mischief. So <laughs> I think people give me things to do to keep me on the straight and narrow. Let's turn towards uh, the country school because that's a really great venture. Um, and it, it also looks like, it looks like a lot of people get a lot out of it. When and, and why did you decide to start it on the farm? We were thinking of different diversification ideas and obviously the resources we've got here are fab and because um, I was teaching as well and combining our qualifications it seemed it seemed the obvious thing to do because yeah. I, I thought well if we're going to run courses we've got to have bona fide qualifications and just make sure we're qualified to do it and yep. um, I'm studying for a master's at the time in, uh, in environmental conservation and we had to pause the idea um, because that's when we were approached to do Lambing Live. So we actually put ah, it okay. hold right. uh, because I wanted to finish my, um, my master's. And um, it was a strange thing because we were asked to do this, um, this program and the live week clashed with an essential week of the course. So, so I had to put it forward a year. <laughs> um, so cut, cut a long story short... We, we put it off for a year while we were doing the programme, but it was the best thing we did because when we finally opened up the country school, um, people knew who we were. So yeah, I think of course. View, really, really helped. Really, really well. I think from the country school point of view, um, we didn't know how it would work. 
and what's been really really nice are um people come on courses and then they come on other courses and then they come back another <laughs> yeah and i've had people i've had to make courses for <laughs> people who've done all the courses <laughs> so we've made some um amazing friends. i mean i think we enjoy it too much really it's just, <laughs> it's just fantastic and uh, yeah people just keep on coming back i like to think it's the apple crumble but um <laughs> Not. It's, uh, and every course, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're shearing, whether it's a wildlife course, whether it's a lamy course, whether it's a cider making course, you always end up in the classroom with cider. Yeah, Just of course. Yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, so, so there has been cider making of some kind happening on your farm for 400 years or so, which I, th- I find is absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, 1696. In fact, um, I've been filling in a form this week because we've only just got the license to sell it. We have been making it for a long time, but we just drink it and give it away. And um, and they were asking because of uh, I think we've got to do some branding and get a label. And what's really nice is we can say it was established in 1696. Amazing, um, brilliant. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you're, you're no stranger to the screen. And uh, you've appeared on shows like The One Show and, of course, you've done Lambing Live. How did Lambing Live come about? Do you know, we've been, we've been quite fortunate. So what, what happened was I was just home from college. I think it was the end of August. I think we just started back and had a phone call. And it was from a, a lovely bloke that's now a really good friend who said the, uh, the BBC are looking to do a, a live broadcast from a farm um, over five days and and it's going to be lambing and it involves Kate Humble and um, and they're, they're looking at farms around the UK and somebody had put our names forward I'm not quite sure who um, we had a lot bit of a chat and uh, we said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know we'll, we'll chat further and the next day they um, they turned up um, two of them with a the camera and we just sat around the kitchen table and had a, a natter we worked a bit with the sheep um and they filmed it and uh, and then we didn't hear anything more and then (laughs) a week or two later they said oh you've been um i think they looked at 80 farms and they said oh wow you're in the final whatever it was oh god we better find out what this is (laughs) the controller of bbc2 said oh she'd she'd like to to use as 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 the program and that's when i very long talk with the producer because they said it was a fly on the wall and I thought crikey Bob's have you seen how people do that we haven't even got curtains and then when we asked uh, more about it and it was a, it was an evolving process we were lucky because we were the first one so nobody really knew what the format was going to yeah. be and um, and they said no it's it's to promote British farming um, and after a chat we said well well why not we'll we'll just go for it so we did and at the beginning because leading up to the live broadcasts, it's, it's the same with sort of uh, the one show as well. You, you do little what they call VTs. So you do little films and all that happens is they come down and you've got a cameraman, the sound man, and, there's, uh, and there was Kate and, um, and us guys. And we had a bit of fun and everyone kept saying, oh, you wait till the live in March. <laughs> ah, how hard can it be a live <laughs> So we got around, uh, the filming started sort of, uh, I think it was at the top sale in Bilf, and then it followed us through the year. And then um, March, the live broadcast, um, it, uh, yeah, coach loads of people arrived. We had, um, you're talking 70 people a day for a week to, uh, to produce this live broadcast. And uh, we had a catering tent. That was the best thing. That was fab. <laughs> <laughs> Shut for a week. Works. Dr. Who's catering tent. Amazing. 
security guards at the top of the drive, but that they were really there to protect all the equipment because you've got your live broadcast equipment worth about 10 million quid. Um, and it was 24 hours they were they were filming. So one of the um, one of the best things I think was uh, the fact that there was there was always somebody here, um, and even one of the evening camera people. We were having a kip, and um, he delivered a lamb on his own, which was which, oh, which amazing. Was we did the first night, and somebody came back and said, "Oh, you've got three million people watching." And I said, "Is that good? Is that? <laughs> good? We're not we're not telly people." Yeah, but yeah. There was uh, yeah three million people a night came in our lambing shed, but it was. We, we didn't know because the thing about a live broadcast is you you don't see it so it didn't really yeah. us till um, yeah but this is also the other thing that amazes me because for, for anyone who's done a lambing season will know that it, even depending on the size of the flock there'll still be quite a bit of waiting around and you don't really know whether there will or won't be something coming how no, did you manage that aspect it's a good point. And it started, I would say, weeks before the live. Um, right. Jim, okay. Jim was having a panic because, first of all, we went through, well, what are the chances that the lamb's being born um, between eight and nine at night? And then we got to thinking, well, you know, what are the chances that the lamb's being born at all that week? Because we, we weren't sponging. I mean, things, things yeah. happen. Um, so we did have a bit of a worry, but, um, but they did, yeah, they did pop out. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of get weird things happen. So we had John Humphreys, you know, uh, mastermind. Yeah, so yeah. Down. He was sat at this table uh, with a cup of tea interviewing us for the radio times. Just bizarre things, sort of <laughs> snobs, you know. And then we were invited to this um, glamorous party at, uh, at Claridge's with the nice. tenant awarded us with something because it was in the radio times. And it was just, yeah, it's very, very strange. But you know the best thing about it? I mean... It was it was the feedback, and not only from um, from the general public, but from farmers. We were amazed how many farmers actually Brilliant. watched it. And we had one farmer got in touch and um, and told us off because he lost a lamb because he was in watching Lamb in Live and <laughs> one born in a bag in the, in the head. But, but the feedback was very very positive. That's, that's really good to hear, actually. And and I assume the one show came off of that largely. Oh, it did. I got an email. I thought it was a wind up. So, so Larry Live went out and one of the things they, one of the VTs they did is they followed me out with the students. Um, Cause every year I take students out. We do seal rehabilitation and uh, we're over at Pembrokeshire. And I think they particularly picked up on that. And I got this email saying, um, we'd like to come and have a chat uh, with you about the possibility of doing some one show films. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> the wind up. Well, they did. <laughs> Two commissioners came down um, and took me out for lunch with the angel in Abergavenny. And uh, um, yeah, lo and behold, I did, uh, I did a few years of, of the one show. And that was, that's all. I think the thing with telly, right, is I've been very lucky because it's never been my job. It's been an, an added on, if you like. Yeah. And, uh, and I've never really taken it too seriously, which I, I think is the best way to take yeah. telly. But, oh God, had some fun. You have been county chair of your branch of the NFU for how long? Oh, too long now. Um, <laughs> I think well, I'm actually, I think I'm due to finish. I did, I did phone them last week. I said, we still have an age yet? Because I think I'm, <laughs> Just double checking. I, I think I've done my time. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, two years chair and two years vice chair before that. Yeah. yeah. And, so. I, and I take it you get, you get a lot, you get as much out of it as, as you put in. 
Yes, yeah, I mean, the NFU are fab. Um, and the work the NFU do for farmers, I mean, you know, you hear lots of people moaning and groaning about what are they doing, what are they doing. They are working so hard. I mean, Manette is an absolute legend. Yeah. Um, and, um, and particularly NFU Cymru, obviously the, uh, the Welsh bunch here, um, such an amazing team. They are so dedicated and, uh, and genuine and they're there and anything, you know, any, any issues and they're, um, they're on it. They are, they are fab. It's been a pleasure being chair. It's been a challenging time being chair because obviously, mm -hmm. with, um, you know, the Brexit scenario and now the pandemic and everything else. Um, but it's, it's an amazing organization and I recommend, um, all farmers get involved and any, any young farmers out there, particularly student farmers, you know, you get free membership, you get so much out of it. Mm. Um, so yes, they are working hard on our behalf. You and Jim are heavily diversified and you have, have other incomes as well, but, um, are, are you sort of fairly, fairly secured? You reckon in, in terms of your, your, your business direction for the next sort of next chapter, whatever that is. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a reason we, we diversify and the reason why the majority of farmers diversify. It's very difficult, particularly as a family farm. My son, I'd, I'd love him to work here. We can't really pay him to work on the farm, as many sheep farmers will, uh, will understand. Yeah. But diversification, it isn't just about um, the finance. I think it's putting something in place for the next generation. Yeah. So there are opportunities for them as well. Um, so with the, the butcher shop you mentioned earlier, yeah. and we're sort of full time of in the butcher shop now. Here on the farm, we've got the country school and, uh, and my daughter's quite involved with that. And my son is really keen to um, take over part of the, the cider business because we're very ah, um, exciting. rough cider and still cider. He wants to bottle it and sparkle it. And I said, well, just, just go with it, you know? So, yep. so I think, yes, um, we have got a few a few hats, but I think you have to. You've just got to think out of the box a little bit. And, and as farmers, we're not very good as business people sometimes. You know, we've really got to look at our inputs and our outputs and, um, and see what works. And if it doesn't work, should we be doing it? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We always finish the show with the same two questions. I'm going to ask you them now. If you had a message for the public, any message at all, what would it be and why? Right. I think the message, particularly um, uh, at the moment with the pandemic, is similar to what I said before. Keep looking out for each other. Look out for your neighbours. Be careful and look where your food comes from as well. Because obviously, if, um, if, you're, if you're buying local, if you're buying British, then the standards, the welfare standards... Um, the environmental good that we, we, we do for the UK. The reason the UK looks so, so beautiful is down to British farmers. So support British farmers, but also life's too short. Just enjoy some family time. What's happened through lockdown is a lot of people are eating together for the first time. It's about yeah. enjoying your produce, sitting yeah. down with a family. Food is not just a fuel. It's there to be enjoyed. Spend quality time with each other. Don't get bogged down worrying about things that actually turn out to be a little bit trivial your family your friends your health um that's that's what's important yeah and finally a message for your fellow farmers fellow farmers what can i say drink more cider <laughs> hey drink cider it's a, it's a tough old year i am i am an optimist um but i am aware we've got um, a lot of turbulence in the waters at the moment but i think as a farming community 
um, we're the best in the world and um, yeah again look out for each other and um, more importantly drink cider it's hard <laughs> but make sure it's real cider cheers cheers Kate thank you so much for coming on the show honestly your, your energy is palpable and I think I've, I've gained a lot of it tonight and I'm sure the listeners will as well so thank you so much you're very welcome thank you for having me on it's fun Kate Bevan from Monmouthshire. That's it for this week, but I hope you can join me next time when we're sticking in Wales and I'll be speaking to Tom Jones. No, not that Tom Jones. A beef and sheep farmer as well as contract shepherd and shearer from Mid Wales. Until then, have a great week and I'll see you next time. <laughs>